declaration that something is about to happen for signs and wonders occur and manifest in the Master's presence. So Lord, tonight even as we come before you, O Lord, we ask for God for an open heaven over this house and over the lives of your people. Tonight we declare, O God, that grace and power, there is a fresh anointing in this place that is about to change lives of God, transform destinies. Thank you, O God, that you are ministering to your people by your spirit. Thank you for the purity of heart. Thank you for the purity of worship. Thank you, God, that if, as we come before you, it is our desire that there will be a sound of God. Amen. 
I thank God that God has given us gifts. Amen. That the Bible says that he says, if Paul writes this and he says, I, Paul, as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Amen. So tonight I want to challenge you, live the life worthy of the calling you receive. Remain humble, remain gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. Amen. That's how Paul begins to say, and he says, make every effort to keep the unity through, through the spirit, of the spirit, through the bond of peace. Amen. Father, we pray today that you would, O oh God, just keep us, that you would just minister to us, O oh God, that you would, O oh God, just pour out your spirit and your grace upon us. And so to, tonight, Lord, we pray, O oh God, that we would, as we keep our hearts stayed on you, Lord, you just manifest yourself. Just minister, Holy Spirit, tonight. Let nothing hinder, nothing hinder the flow of the spirit. O oh God, just speak to us, O oh God. Even as we worship and open our hearts to you, receive our worship tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Father, we just honor you this evening. Amen. We've come to turn our focus on our Savior, amen. On the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I just want to encourage you right now, those joining us in the house and those connected with us, I believe that somebody is waiting to receive their miracle this evening. Amen. Amen. But you've got to believe right now, even as you join us in worship, turn, turn everything to Him right now. Surrender all unto Him. I believe that you can receive your miracle. Amen. Nothing is impossible Our God. He's a big God. So Father, right now, we exalt You. We honor You. You're the God of in the good times and the bad of God. You never fail, oh God. Mountains are still being moved. And strongholds. Strongholds are still being moved. Cause God. God we believe. Yes. Yes we can see that. Thank you. 
will bring light and life in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. And amen, amen, amen. Bless the Lord. You may be seated, amen, in the presence of the Lord. Amen. For the Lord is good and his mercy is in your prayer. So worship team, amen. Amen. There's something about declaring the word of the Lord that uh, that is powerful, amen. And uh, I want us to get to the place where it's just not a song that we sing, but it is something that we believe in our spirit and in our hearts. That declarations are going forth. Amen? Amen. The Bible says, Blessed are those that believe, although they have not seen. Amen? Amen? Yeah. And, um, and I think this is what sets the church apart from the world. The world operates by what it sees, the church operates by what is not seen. Yeah. If you operate from the natural, you operate from what is seen. Amen? Amen. If you are only defining and it's describing what you are feeling and what you're, what you're going through, then you're operating in the natural. Amen? But you've got to get, get to the place where you begin to seek the face of the Lord concerning what you are going through. Amen. And when you seek the face of the Lord, you get a word from the Lord. And when you get a word from the Lord, then you understand that even that word may materialize even when you have not seen it. That was what the blessing was of, of, of Abraham, was Abraham was able to count the stars. And as he counted the stars, he knew that this was his seed that was going to begin to manifest on the earth. Amen. And the Bible says, and Abraham believed, and it was counted to him for righteousness. There, is, there are some things that are going to come to you only when you first come into the dimension of believing. Amen. That means you've got to believe it, therefore we speak it. Yeah. Amen? That means you can't speak out of knowing. Yeah. You've got to speak out of believing. Yeah. Yes. Amen? Yeah. You've got to speak out of just a, a not only out of a, 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 a knowledge encounter, but to a spirit encounter. Yeah. From a place where you know, where deep called out to deep, yes. and God revealed it in the spirit to you. It didn't have to materialize in the natural but the Lord already said it, and once He said it, it's established. And once it's established, it will be fulfilled in your life. You've got to get to that place where we learn how to walk in the point of believing. The Bible says, if we have faith and only believe, all things are possible to them that have faith and only believe. Amen? This is important. I, I believe there is a dimension that we've been uh, losing. There, there is an element of spiritual authority that the church has not operated on because we operate firstly from the seen realm. Yeah. But a spiritual authority operates from the unseen realm. Mm -hmm. Amen? It operates from the spirit realm, that, that, that realm where God has created you to operate from. That was That's the realm that as believers we need to operate from. That's why Paul can later challenge us and says, call those things that, has, that are not as though they were. Amen. That means in that point, when you're calling it, that means I'm decreeing it, I'm, I'm speaking it, I'm, I'm releasing it into the atmosphere, and it's going to materialize. But you don't just, it's not just thoughts, and it's not cliches, and it's not just somebody else's encounter, or somebody else's experience, or somebody else's word, but when it comes out of that place where you've encountered God, you've heard God say some things, and you speak that. 
as you continue speaking that over your life, it will begin to materialize. This is, this is the dimension that God wants us to come into. And so tonight I want to speak really about two terms. I want to speak about passion and compassion. I believe one of the things that the church has lost is a passion. Is a passion for the things of God. Uh, now, over the past few weeks, you have found me read a lot from Ephesians and read a lot about Paul. And, and Paul says, Paul, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ. I, I urge you as a, and we read it the, this evening again when he, when, he, when he said it in chapter 4. Uh, he, he says, I, as a prisoner of Christ for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of your calling that you have received. Amen. And he goes on to, to say to them, be, be humble, be gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. This is important for those that are called. You've got to understand if you believe you are called and you have a calling of God upon your life. And this is not just fivefold ministry gifting now. I want us to move away from just thinking fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. I want you to talk about that God may have called you to serve. Yeah. He may have given you a gift of hospitality. Yes. God may have given you a spirit of an encourager yeah. or a spirit of an exhorter. Amen. You may not you may not be the pulpit kind of preacher, yeah. but you can when you begin to speak the word, yeah. somebody's life shifts and, yeah. and hope comes in. And yeah. that's that's powerful. That's a calling as well. Yeah. We've got to understand there are many, many callings. That, that, that are throughout the scripture. And Paul says this. He says, I urge you to live a life worthy yeah. of the calling you've received. Yeah. All of you, once you come into salvation, there was a mandate, there was a task, yeah. there was an assignment yeah. that was attached to your salvation. Amen. And that is what the calling of the Lord is upon your life. Amen. And then he comes in and he says, be completely humble yeah. and gentle, be patient and bearing with one another in love. That means if you are called, you would have these characteristics as part of you. Amen. Go and check out, out our character. That means we don't get to the place where pride and, and, and haughtiness and all of these things come over us. But but when the, when the grace of God comes upon your life, it, it humbles you. Because you understand that I am what I am by the grace of God. It's not, it's not anything I've done or anything I can achieve or, or done in my own capacity. But it is God's grace that has come and found it. You know, it's amazing how God begins to move upon the lives of people. You know, the other day as I was sharing, as I was listening to another minister sharing and uh, we were in a conversation and as he was speaking, he says, you know, I see God in this, in this day giving mantles over the church. And God is releasing fresh mantles over the lives of people. And as he began to share, I received it as a prophetic word that God, one of the things I believe in this season, God is adorning people with fresh mantles for this season. Amen. To be able to minister to a world and a community in the 20. In the 21st century church, we need fresh mantles. We need mantles of anointings that will come upon us. Fresh mantles of anointings to come upon us. That will begin to shift the nation, shift the world, shift people. Amen. And I believe God is going to use ordinary people to begin to do extraordinary things. That's what, that's what God is doing. God is calling people out of obscurity and he is bringing them into a place where 
manifest His power and His glory to them. This is a season, and, I, and, and we've said it many, many times, this is a season where God is empowering the body. Yes. Amen. This is a body move of God. This is a faceless yes, move amen. of God. Amen. This is a move of God that is going to not be, 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 be there's not going to be a central figure or a forerunner or a revivalist that is going to lead this move of God. Amen. This is a move of God that is going to become a faceless move of God where God is going to raise up like a mighty army, yes. a whole group of people. Yes, there's going to be those that will be captains over 50s and captains over 100s and captains over thousands, and captains over tens of thousands, but God in this move, it's not about the leader, yeah. it's about those that is equipped with, within them, yeah. because yeah. we have to start to multiply ourselves. Yeah. 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 Amen? This is, a season, this is the word that the Lord has given me, that this is a season that we have to start multiplying ourselves, leaders and ministers and, and, and preachers and fivefold ministry gifts to the body of Christ, has to start multiplying themselves in others, amen? And this can only take place through impartation and activation, amen? Two things that is a key in this season, impartation, activation. Impartation, activation. That means whenever you, you engage with anybody, the, the main thing you should be thinking in your mind is that is this a moment of impartation? Yes. What am I imparting? What am I pouring out into the life of person? Yes. What am I activating inside of them? What am I stirring inside of them? That when they leave you, they must understand that there are something that was deposited yeah. and something that was stirred up. Some of them may come back and seek you out again. Yeah. And they'll seek you out again. And they'll seek you out again, saith the Lord. Yeah. Then they'll seek you out again, yeah. saith the Lord. Yeah. He's going to seek you out again because there is something inside of you that was stirred up inside of them and they won't know how to understand it, but they're going to engage with you to, to begin to understand that there is something that is connected. I see divine connections. Amen. I see divine connections. Amen. God is beginning to connect hearts and spirits. Amen. The Bible says this, Paul begins to speak this and, he, and I see Paul having a passion for the body of Christ. Paul was not just being there, but Paul was having a passion for the body of Christ. This is a time for us to have a passion for the things of God. Now, I've often said this prayer, and, and you've heard me pray it, and you may have prayed it as well, Lord, touch my heart with the things that touch your heart. Amen? So, so you're saying, God, give me a passion for the things that you have a passion for. Amen? Because I do not want to just be involved in just anything and everything. Yes. I want to be involved in the things that, 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 that brings God the most glory. Amen? And so in, in this time, this is an important part of it. So when we talk about passion, we talk about something, uh, the meaning of it is some, a strong feeling of enthusiasm, excitement for something or about something. Amen? It, 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 it is, uh, there, there, there is elements of strong emotions. Uh, uh, that even sometimes distinguishes in the moment from reason. It doesn't have to naturally make uh, sense to you or, or fulfill your reason requirements, but there is such a passion behind it. So there is a, some people use it as the driving force, the, that intense uh, conviction that you have inside of you. That's what they speak about, passion. 
but compassion comes into the place where there is an element of, of, of passion, but this is more a strong feeling of sympathy, of, of, of being, being able to sympathize together with someone. It, it, it is a place where you, 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 you begin to feel for that person, and, and there is a desire to show compassion to somebody, amen? Especially someone that is feeling sad or someone is suffering or someone is going through a bad time. There's an element or, or there's a need for the ministry of compassion. Now, one of the things we know about Jesus is that the Bible says when Jesus saw the multitude, he had compassion on them. Amen. So you need to understand that Jesus was passionate about his assignment. But when he saw the people, he was moved with Compassion. That means what, what did he see? He saw a hurting people. He saw a broken people. He saw a, people in a need of a savior. He saw people in need of a healer. He saw people in need of a deliverer. So in that moment, we got to come to the place where we do ministry, where we're passionate for the things of God, but there must be an element of compassion but that moves us. That moves us to the place where we begin to, to engage with people on a whole new new level. So there needs to be passion and compassion. Now, let's go and look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, follow God's example, therefore. It says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Amen. He says, follow God's example. That's where Paul, you know, Paul has said it before and we've often quoted it. Paul says, be follows of me as I am of Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm. But here he comes in and he says, follow God's example. Yeah. As dearly loved children. So he's saying, your heavenly father loves you. And then he says, and walk in the way of love, yes. just as Christ loved us. Amen. So there's an element that means the, the only way you can have passion for the things of God and compassion on the people of God is when you come to the place where you walk before God in love and you demonstrate the love of God. Amen. The, when, 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 and we, I said it on Sunday. When, when, when Jesus spoke to Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me? Amen. Feed my lambs. You love me. Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. And then he says, feed my sheep. Amen. He comes into the place where he's saying to, to him, if you love me. Paul here comes in, in, in Ephesians and he says, for God, God's example, follow God's example of love. And love each other. And then he says, how did he love? He goes and describes this love. He says he gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Now, understand, Paul uses Jesus as an example for the way he does ministry. He's not doing ministry out of a place of wanting popularity. He's doing ministry out of a place of serving. And you can't serve without sacrifice. You cannot serve without denying yourself. Amen. You cannot serve. You, you, cannot, you cannot serve without sacrifice and without denying yourself. You cannot serve on your own terms. 
That means you cannot look at a situation and determine this is how I'm going to approach it. The situation determines your reaction. So you're more reacting to the situation. When Jesus came, when, he, when you have compassion, you're looking at the situation, you're looking at what the need is, and, you, and you're providing for that need. When Jesus saw the multitude, he had compassion on them. That means Jesus was driven by what they, they needed. He didn't come and say, this is what I'm giving you. There are situations where he says, this is what I'm coming to give you. But in the situation when he has compassion on the people, he saw that there was a blind Bartimaeus. And blind Bartimaeus didn't need money. Blind Bartimaeus needed a sight. There, there, was, there, there was the paralyzed man which your four friends would release down the roof. And, and the, the man didn't need an audience. He didn't need anything. They needed his, their friend to start to walk. Amen. Yeah, I want you to understand when Jesus came, when he spoke to people, when he came, came to the, the pool of Bethesda and he saw the man that was paralyzed for, for over 38 years and, he, and he's lying there. And, and, and imagine for 38 years he's seen time after time when the waters were stirred, others go in, others get healed. And, and, and I, I would have thought that he would have positioned himself in 38 years. He would have positioned himself so close. Yeah. It was a different story if he said, I went into the water, but I was too late. Yeah. He never said he went into the water. Yeah. He, he was there, he was watching, and, and, and he says, there's no one to take me. To the water. I, 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 I want you to understand he, he was paralyzed, but he wasn't immobile. Totally immobile. He, he may have not, not been able to walk, and he, but he could have crawled. He, yeah. he, he could have gotten someone to move him closer. In 38 years, there, there, there may have been other opportunities for him to get closer. But I want you to understand this. Jesus, when he came there, he didn't worry about the time that he spent there. He asked him a question. He didn't ask him, he didn't ask him what was the case story. He didn't ask him how long you've tried. Because sometimes we get overwhelmed by the information. And our faith gets weakened because we said for 38 years he's here. He's in the miracle environment and he's not been healed. Maybe it was destined for him to die this way. But when Jesus came there, he says, would you want to be healed? Jesus came into an infirmed area with may have been hundreds of people. The Bible says there was a great multitude of people around the pool. There was a lot of people there, but Jesus came to this man and he says, would you want to be healed? He said, there is no one to take me to the water. He didn't understand the, the healer that was standing in front of him. I want you to understand Jesus was always moved with compassion. Moved with compassion, he begins to bring healing. Moved with compassion, he comes over the city of Jerusalem and he weeps over Jerusalem. He says, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who stoned the prophets, kill those that are sent to you. He says, how long? How long? How long? How long will it take you? He says, I, I, I desire to gather you like a hen will gather its chicks. He's saying, I want, to, I want to protect you, I want to cover you. But he's saying to you, you, you've rejected every proposal that I've made, everyone 
you see evil in your city and you see evil in your community, how do you respond? Have we gotten so used to it? Have we become so familiar with it to the point that now it doesn't even phase us anymore? We say that's how it is. This is how this area is. This is how this community is. This is how this, this people within this community are. There's nothing more. There's nothing you make. I, I pray that God will give you a renewed compassion. Amen. That you will weep over the city. Yeah. When last did you weep over your neighborhood? Mm -hmm. When you drive through your neighborhood and you see young boys hanging around the corners and, and you find them unemployed and standing there. It's not just about giving them uh, some money or, 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 or saying, oh, look at them again. They're just doing this again. Uh, do we weep over this? Yeah. And say, Lord, Turn this around. Yes. We need people in our nation that will weep over our nation. When we will, when we will look at, 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 at all of the, the atrocities and all of the, the behavior and the, uh, the corrupt behavior that is around us, we weep over our, our nation. Yeah. Say, Lord, deliver us. Heal us. This thing that the spirit that has contaminated us this lawless spirit. When we see of, of, of people that are killing, I mean, I've never seen violent crimes like we're seeing now. Seeing now. Yeah. People being cut up and put into refrigerators yeah. and cut into pieces by family members. The one, the one policewoman has taken to, for killing six members of the family because she took out an insurance policy. We, we know this is wicked. It's, it's not normal. It's not normal to want to, be, to, to benefit from the loss of a family member. And you order and you hire a hitman to take them out. We know it's not normal. It's not normal when, when there's abuse of children in our own homes and in our own community by people that is known to them. Abuse of uh, 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 sexual abuse and abuse of children and, uh, and spouses take place in the house. It's not taking place outside the house. Very few of the cases are taking place by people that is unknown to the to, to the victim. It's mostly taken is done by people that are known to the victim. Communities that have become. When last did we weep over our community? Say Lord. Move us. You see, the, 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 the point of is when Jesus was moved with compassion, uh, he, he begins to, 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 to speak to us. I mean, in Lamentations there, uh, chapter 3, if we can go there, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22. It says, I well, uh, I well remember them, and my soul was downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have a hope, because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Yes. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. His compassions never fail. 
because of his great love. I think the only time we would have the kind of compassion that Jesus had or the Heavenly Father has toward us is when we experience the love of God. When we experience the agape love of God. When we get to the place where we are moved with love in such a way that we, with that compassion is a natural outworking of this love. Yeah. Amen? And he says, they never fail, they are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. We've said that, we, 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 we made that statement, great is your faithfulness toward us, and we've spoken about it many times, but we haven't come to the place where we move for compassion. Those that are passionate and compassion will, will uh, the passion and compassion will enable us to achieve much. David said, uh, this is what God said about David, that David was a man after God's heart. One thing about David was, David was a compassionate man. He was a leader and a king, but he, he knew how to operate in compassion. You know, the one thing that, that says me about David was that when he, the first thing out of business when he became king was to bring back the presence of God. You see, if you're, a, if you're a person seeking after the things of God, the first thing, first order of business that you do is bring back the presence. Amen? Amen? Get to the place where if, if you're in business, when you start up your business in the morning or you walk into your factory, pray. Into your offices, pray. Pray over your offices, pray over your offices. Your staff may be saved, not saved, whatever they can stand for that five minutes, you pray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. God gave you the vision for yeah. that, not them. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Pray. Invite the presence in. This is how we doing business from now on. This is how we engage. When you walk into your office now, you may not have the luxury that everybody else has to have your own office. But if you have your own office, get in your office and bow your head and pray. You don't have to go and walk down the corridors and just you, you get there and just pray and say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm executing kingdom business yes, here. Amen. I'm, a, I'm on kingdom assignment as I walked into this place. Amen. When, when, you, when you get into if your business is sales and you're moving around, you, you begin to speak over your life and say, God, I'm on assignment today. Yeah. That means, God, you, you've given me an assignment and I'm going to execute it. Amen? That everyone that comes in contact with me today, not only am I going to do business with them, but there's going to be an impartation, Amen. and there's going to be an activation. Yes. That there's going to be a stirring, there's going to be something that's going to lead them, yeah. that some of them are going to chase me down yeah. to begin to find out what is happening. You've got to get to that place. Yeah. Amen. Wherever you are, you're on a side. Amen? So you've got to get to the place where you passion. See, that's what David did. He brought back the ark. I mean, even when he was, he is a leader over the people, the people are suffering anguish, he feels for the anguish. In Ziklag, he felt for the where the men were. When they all experienced loss, he's experiencing loss together with them. Amen? Get to the place where you're not, you're not tied down or you're not confused about your feelings or your emotions and you're not scared to show it. Amen? Passion and compassion is, is not just about emotions or, or in your mind, but it's being led by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? Focus on the mission and the mandate of God for your life. Amen? That's the important part today. 
So today I want to just stir in your heart today. If anything, I want to rekindle. You know, uh, the other day I was having a, com a conversation with Pastor John, and he said, he says, a smoking flax. God said he would not quench. Amen. And that means God is going to rekindle the fire within you. And I pray that God will rekindle the fire within you. Fire for the things of God. Amen. Because it is possible sometimes to become over overwhelmed with life. Preoccupied with just existing and making it. Preoccupied just with our personal uh, you know, agendas and personal challenges. And we sometimes lose the passion for the things of God. Amen. So I pray today that God will renew a passion for you. Amen. Passion for Him and a passion for the things of God. And, you know, one of the things is that passion is contagious. Yes. Amen. Passion is optimistic. It has an ability to change a negative environment into a positive environment. Passion has an ability to invigorate and energize. Passion inspires diligence, hardworking, and disciplined people. Amen. That means passion creates a valiant people. That means people that are strong and courageous and prepared to move forward. You see, when, when, when Nehemiah goes on with the building of the wall, he just said to the people, stay committed to the task that is ahead of you. Don't look at the people that are, are jeering against you. Don't, don't look at the people that are, are trying to talk you down from fixing the wall. You keep at your task. You see, as long as you keep on your assignment, you won't be distracted. As long as you keep focused on the thing that you are passionate about, you will not lose your focus. Amen? This is important for us. So I pray today that God will begin to stir up the gifts within you. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. The Father of lights, the Father in whom there is no shadow of ten, to the great I am, Father, I thank you that it is you that place the burden in our hearts. Jeremiah says it's like fire that is locked up within his bones. Father, it was a, a burning desire on the inside that drove him. Drove him to serve. Drove him to do the work of the Lord. I pray today, let there be a driving passion in us for the things of God. Give us a passion for the work of God, the kingdom assignment, but give us a compassion for the community that you placed us in, for the nation that you have placed us in, the nations that you have put in our heart and in our spirit. And so we thank you, O God, that there is going to be a generation that is arising and awakening into the purposes of God. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And amen.